Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Hello, my name is Martin Thompson from the ITAM Review and welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast. This is the second of three podcasts we're recording on the topic of Microsoft licensing. In the last podcast, we looked at virtualization for Microsoft. In this podcast, we're looking at best practices for managing Microsoft in the data center. Now, uh, there's potentially a lot of overlap because um, data center these days is virtualization, but specifically we want to cover um, the opportunities for savings and how can I can manage Microsoft in the data center. With me, I have um, a number of guests um, that I'll introduce you to in a second. Um, first of all, uh, Lee Martin from Snow Software. Do you want to say hello, Lee? Uh, my name is Lee Martin. I'm from Snow Software. My, my role at Snow is a pre-sales manager. I help customers to understand why a solution such as Snow helps them to understand all of their software licensing and why SAM is important to them, uh, primarily focused around Microsoft licensing. Perfect, thank you. And Mandy Sue from Flexera Software, could you introduce yourself? Sure, my name is Mandy Sue Blow, I'm with Flexera Software. I am a senior consultant and I work with customers to validate uh, their information with the entitlements and the consumption around Microsoft reconciliations, um, optimization, um, and licensing contract advisory services. And finally, Matthias, could you introduce yourself? Yes, sure. My name is Matthias Thompson. I'm a senior um, product manager with Aspera, uh, responsible for the part of product development, and I specialize in uh, Microsoft software optimization, especially in the data center area. Perfect, thank you. So, um, thank you very much for joining me today. I'm hoping to pick your brains around um, Microsoft licensing in the data center. I know that you guys have got a lot of experience, and I'm hoping to share that with the ITAM Review readers and listeners. Um, I'm going to start by just considering, um, I'm an, I'm a, imagine I'm a brand new software asset manager, and perhaps I've just been assigned this role, and I'm looking at Microsoft, and I've been told that the majority of the risk and the money to be saved is in the data center. I've got no tooling, I've got no process, I've got no control about what's going on, where do I start, and what would you recommend to get started? So if I want to rein in this wild horde called Microsoft Licensing in the Data Center, where do I start? If I could come to you, Lee, first, what do you think? Uh, the first thing is that you need to quantify what your data center is. So uh, a data center is a, uh, is a glory word. So uh, a data center to one person is different to another person. So first and foremost, we need to establish what technologies we have out there. So are you running vCenter? Are you running Zen? Are you running Hyper-V? Uh, and then you need to work out whether you've got like a management console to actually be able to talk to those, such as uh, vCenter to communicate and actually see what you've got. Um, you don't need any tools, hopefully, just to get this piece of basic inventory information. You just need to have uh, maybe communications with your, uh, your data center teams, collect that information to the differences between what you've got vir uh, virtual and the differences between what you've got physical. And then the second step is to work out what you've got uh, in your, um, your physical hardware layer, which is outside of the virtual area. And then later on, we'll start talking about how to consolidate those items into that virtual world and where not to consolidate those items as well. And that would probably be my first starting ground. 
So why, sorry for being dim here, why would you, you said you consolidate some and, and sometimes you wouldn't. Could you explain that a bit more? What do you mean by that? Yeah. Well, certain servers and certain setups that you have um, may be designed for a small amount of users. So let's say, for example, I've got a, a SQL server, which is running, um, I don't know, 10 processors, and uh, it only has a small amount of users that log into it for a specific requirement. Maybe the SQL server's running something incredibly uh, intensively powerful. I don't want to move that physical server into a virtual box because all of a sudden then my licensing could change massively uh, because it needs to do certain things and use massive amounts of processor power across a spread of multiple physical hosts. So my licensing could go through the roof. I need to work out if, if I've got a box which is in a physical environment and I'm going to move it to the virtual environment, is there a risk to that? We also talk about other manufacturers which are non-Microsoft, which don't accept virtualized technology as well um, and may cause other licensing risks. So it really is about recognizing is it the right move uh, financially and is it the right, right move from uh, a licensing perspective. Mandy, Sue, any, any um, things to add to that? If I'm a Sam newbie, where do I start with managing Microsoft? If, if you find a new customer that's just starting out, where do, where do we start? Yeah, I agree with Martin with uh, understanding the technologies in your environment. I'd like to kind of add that the server roles, the roles of the specific servers, and understanding how servers are actually licensed will also kind of go a long way in looking at your environment as a whole. I definitely agree that the virtualization is a big piece and we really see a lot of customers in the market pushing forward to virtualize as much of their environment as they possibly can. So I think that that's definitely um, one of the key pieces. And then lastly, I would say entitlements, validating that you have the correct entitlements for your um, licensing, just kind of starting to gather that data and obviously that comes in later on. Um, in supply, but those are the things I would add. So when you when you say roles of specific servers, you mean what what function are they actually delivering? What services are they delivering? Is that what you mean? Exactly, like production, tasks, um, SQL tasks, and failover servers, cold backup for disaster recovery. Um, working in in that in those roles um, can also set exemptions for licensing rules, and um, we just need to be aware of those. And what's your, if you're recommending um, clients begin to collect their entitlement with Microsoft, where's your first port of call? Is that a partner? Is that Microsoft online statements themselves? Where would you recommend? Um, we generally start with if they have a customer price sheet, if they have an enterprise agreement, we have the, um, the CPS that can be provided. I also work with customers to kind of get them to go off the volume licensing service center. Um, and also the Microsoft license statement. Okay. And Matthias, any advice from you in terms of SAM newbies just starting out? Where, where should I start in the with Microsoft in the data center? Well, I guess I can only second that. So what has been, what has been uh, said before, um, it's, it's, everything is about understanding um, one's own entitlement and uh, a technical environment. So it's, it's just uh, about knowledge of the infrastructure. Before that, uh, anything else is, is a waste of time and money, I would say. So I would totally agree with uh, the two uh, uh, statements before. And in your experience, what sort of, um, I know it's going to differ by company and by region, but 
what typical job uh, titles should I be talking to? We mentioned data center. Is it a? Um, I mean, Mandy Sue mentioned about the correct the, the roles of specific servers, which sounds like CMDB. I mean, who who should I be talking to about these things? I agree. I, I think if anybody who's working in that area, um, you know, working with them directly, they'll know anybody you know DBs, AAs, and They'll know their systems. They'll know the way that they're set up. I think working with them is definitely a huge help. Yeah. I, I think that's right. DBA is a pretty key, uh, certainly when it comes down to, like I said earlier, consolidation of assets. So if you want to merge servers together and, and how much you can do that, that, that's pretty key. But you also need to, to look out to your third-party uh, areas as well. So as a... a Private cloud, private cloud turns into public cloud and all those types of liabilities, you may need to reach outside of your network. Um, as technology moves today, uh, so does uh, your licensing and also uh, where your processing power goes. So for those larger organizations which have got a hybrid model where they've got uh, application servers which are uh, transposing onto uh, maybe uh, Azure or um, Amazon S3 or other uh, cloud-based services that can offer this as part of a load balancing exercise. Um, sometimes you need to work out if that's in case, if that's happening uh, and um, where that's happening and the uh, and the licensing costs. And when it comes to licensing costs for moving into into cloud, uh, it doesn't just come down to a, a physical licensing cost, but it also comes down to the transactional data costs that you have as impacting that. Uh, and then once you've got that information, uh, it's important to work out going forward, is, is it is it or was it a good idea to do that? Was it financially stable? Or, or, or is it actually a better idea to move all your services into that environment? So getting uh, everyone involved, and, and uh, including your outsourcing partners that you're involved in, is, is key as well. So I'd, I'd like to come back to that, um, Lee. I'd like to dig into the, the hybrid model, but before we do, um, could I just go back to what data we need to, to, um, to begin managing Microsoft? So we talked about entitlements. We talked about the role of servers and what perform, the, you know, what what role they're playing. We also spoke on the previous podcast about um, the the strengths of Active Directory these days because Microsoft is a very user centric uh, license model. Um, what else do I need to start um, getting a, a good visibility of Microsoft? If I could come to you. Uh, Mandy Sue, what do you think? Uh, it's definitely collecting the data straight from the hardware, so the applications that are installed, what's being used. Um, like I said earlier, the production or the roles of the server themselves, um, you know, processor counts, core counts, types of processors, making sure that you're collecting all that hardware inventory is going to be key, and also location of the servers um, because some of the Different areas have different licensing implications, making sure that you understand where these um, inventory sits uh, is going to be key to doing your reconciliation and collecting the data properly. Perfect. Thank you. And anything else to add on that from anyone? I, I have one other thing that you just leave from, from Snow. One thing you may want to take into account on top of that uh, as, a, as a risk um, is things like multiplexing. If you've got um, external servers that are relaying through those, uh, you may need to collect that somehow. So while everyone has a, a, a lovely, glorious data center at the top, uh, what other uh, impacts of, of, of devices or of going through that? I mean, and we're talking Microsoft primarily, which is great, 
uh, uh, but there are other applications out there that you would need to, to take note on uh, and, and how you're providing those those services through that. Um, certainly if you're providing them via a different mechanism, uh, maybe if you're providing it SPLAR as well, there's a lot of role, um, responsibilities and uh, processes that you need to go through to map that. Okay, thank you. I just wanted to add something to what what, what Lisa said. So um, I think that's a very that's a perfect example for for something uh, even more complicated in that area. That are details and things that cannot be technically detected or inventoried or somehow or something. So multiplexing taxi, for instance, is something that you usually cannot figure out on the technical way. So there is a, a very like, there's a good portion of knowledge that you have to have around your environment. In order to factor that into um, into the situation or into the into the whole picture, and uh, there are some some more situations like that, and some more examples to that. For instance, if you're deciding not to license your your Windows servers uh, with the with the installed license model, but you want to switch that, you want to I don't know uh, use some some data center licensing instead of uh, standard licenses and so on. So all of, a couple of things, a couple of choices that you have as a customer. And if you are eager to execute those, then there is some, some manual input uh, also necessary things that you basically cannot really detect, like software assurance and so on. So a lot of different details that uh, make the whole picture a little bit more complicated and complex. Perfect. Thank you. And if I'm um, starting to, you mentioned about the, the um, the license rights or the product use rights for the, lots of different Microsoft software and learning about what I can use where, where would you recommend that if people are just starting out, where would you recommend that people actually go and look for this information? Should I speak to my partner first that sold me the software or should I speak to Microsoft themselves? I mean, I, I don't want to create any suspicions or any raise any flags. What, what would you recommend? And that's to anyone. Um, it's Lee here from Snow. I'll, I'll tackle that initially. Um, with most most vendors, they do provide basic level information. So, for standard rights, Microsoft are actually a fantastic resource compared to other vendors. Um, you can go to the Microsoft website. You can get what's known as the PUR product use rights, uh, which highlight all of the, the, the basic details on on how to actually license a product. Obviously, we do recommend. Um, hopefully, you've got, got a great relationship with a with a reseller or whatever to, to help you with that. But uh, I generally, from uh, from the website that provides it, it's usually pretty clear uh, on, on how that works. If you're struggling from there, then there are external knowledges that you can go to, uh, again, uh, like ourselves and things like that, to, to get that kind of answer. But it's, it's sometimes it's not always as easy as just reading something and getting someone's opinion. You need to look at your infrastructure and, and how and what your options are, and that's where optimizing comes in, which is completely different to just licensing. License and optimization are two different exercises. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the sort of uh, things that sinks in as you start digging into this is product use rights are fair enough at face value, but it's what were the product use rights when you built, bought the software that you got installed. It might be different from the ones on the website at the time. It, it also might be what you've got in place. So, for example, if you're still running Windows 2000, but you don't have licenses for it, what do I buy today? What can I buy today? And what licensing rules do I have to apply? Um, that's where it starts to get very, very complicated. And it might not be a good idea to virtualize, or it might be a good idea to virtualize, or it may be a good idea to put on a physical server based around CAL or not CAL processor. It's all, that's where it gets a bit more complicated. 
uh, where product rights use rights may not just help you uh, and that's that's one of the paths of optimization uh, where, where some tools can, can do it to an automated state to a certain extent it still requires a, a low-level detailed knowledge of, of the infrastructure and the basic rights that were there in the past there's also one thing I'd like to touch on which no one's mentioned so far is that with inside a data center, uh, we quite often have uh, mixed mode uh, installations, so SCCM with SQL or uh, a product and SQL combined, uh, and they often get uh, misinterpreted uh, during uh, during audits and scans and, and inventory. And you need to make sure that if you've got other products which do do dual licensing or coverage, that you've got them in place and you're not double counting as well. So for, uh, so for those, for those. For those that are new to licensing, what does mixed mode mean? <laughs> um, uh, well, mixed mode is it, just a term that I was using in that sense. I was just saying that we were mixing two products together. So I'm mixing SCCM and SQL as a single a single product purchase. Uh, may come through as a SKU or a line item, which is not detailing uh, that it's two products, uh, when actually it is. Uh, so you just got to be careful, careful when you've done that and when you haven't done that. Um, and sometimes if you look at a, uh, a way of purchasing licensing, you think you have bought two, but you haven't. So it goes down to the low level of looking at the transaction lines in the, um, in the actual MLS uh, and going to the right, real, real low level detail. What I find with the MVLS is that it's incredibly inaccurate and doesn't recognize those specific items quite often. So sometimes you do need to look at the PUR, look what you've got, see what you've purchased, and look at the transaction detail. Uh, and if you don't do that, you may get caught out or double purchase. I'd like to cover next, um, how, do I, how do I save money and where are the opportunities for savings in terms of Microsoft in the data center? So if I could come to you first, Mandy Sue, where do you think I can save money with Microsoft in the data center? What, what opportunities exist for companies if they're looking to save money with Microsoft? Yeah, I think definitely knowing the virtualization rights and, you know, staying up to date on the product use rights in general will help customers out. We're really pushing um, customers to make sure that when you're doing your virtualization that you're also looking at the VMs that are on there along with what um, applications are installed. So, for instance, you could have some VMs that have like enterprise, you know, older editions and standard older editions and then standard and newer editions. So we really have to kind of take a look at, okay, well, do we apply this VM host as a data center license or do we split each of those licenses out and where they need to kind of consume a specific entitlement? So when we look at those types of, like, optimization reporting, we really want the people to be aware of, okay, if you're kind of mixing the different versions and the different editions, you might have to consume more licenses if you stay away from that and move, um, you know, some of your older licenses to a different VM host underneath different clusters, but that's definitely going to help you out. I really think in driving home um, the virtualization, I think that that's such a key part now. Um, and the way that Microsoft has the consumption set up is a little bit easier for people to follow um, than I've seen in the past for people to follow. Uh, we just need to also get them out of the mode, the mode of I can install it anywhere at any time. Um, so I think saving money that way. I also think um, making sure that you're in the right program. So 
Should I be in open value? Should I be in select plus? Should I be in enterprise? You know, what type of program should I actually be in um, to make sure that you get the best bang for your buck um, in what you're set up to do? I think those are probably the two big key things. Mateus, what's your view? How can I save money, or how do your clients typically save money when they're looking at Microsoft in the data center? Well, I think that, um, first of all, understanding and acknowledging that optimization is not a one-time thing, it's an ongoing process, uh, is the key to the whole, to the whole situation there. Um, since the infrastructure usually changes over time and sometimes very, very uh, vastly um, over, over a couple of, I don't know, days, weeks, months and so on, um, it's, it's necessary to have the, 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 the very basic understanding that we discussed initially and build on top of that. So um, I need to be able to assign not only one suitable license from my repository to my demand, to my, to my physical or virtual boxes, I need to have the ability to actually assign the best license there. And um, so I, I need to be able to make the most of, or to get the most value out of my, out of my uh, available uh, entitlements. Because everything else, changing a license model, uh, switching one to for another uh, contract type and so on, these are always uh, midterm to sometimes long-term decisions or strategic uh, decisions that, that need a lot of more resources. But, if I have, if I have um, deeper knowledge about what I already have and, and about the usage right and so on, then I can actually decide very quickly without sometimes interfering technically. So switching um, from a standard to a data center licensing might be or is possible without any um, any uh, effect on on my on my uh, physical estate or on my on my uh, te technology part. So I can just uh, put a virtual sticker on, on one box and say this is now licensed by data center license, but I, I need to make sure that it makes sense. So um, that is always, if you're comparing different demands for different products, it's apples with oranges. So it's, it's necessary to have a common, um, to have a common uh, factor that you can base a decision on and that is usually the price. So uh, that is the, the, the latest point in time where uh, some financial aspects come into play and it's necessary to also um, uh, validate the, the, the details, again, the financial aspects, and, and cover also uh, the, the prices that a customer is paying for, the, for those particular licenses, uh, or has paid in the, in, the, in the past. Because if I have something, then I want to need uh, or I want to use that uh, in the most efficient way. And that is that's usually how, how our customers see, uh, see that. And yeah, again, it's, it's an ongoing process. It's not a, a single thing. Lee, any, any points to add on that? Yeah, thank you. Uh, one of the main things we talked about earlier is sort of consolidating of, of, of kit. Now, one thing we haven't talked around when looking at licensing in the data center is not just con consolidating software, you know, changing the versions and additions, that's, that's, that's one thing which is important, but also con consolidating the physical hardware. So, like I said, moving uh, physical boxes into a data center, moving virtual boxes out of the data center, these can be massive cost savings. Um, Based on, on your environment, uh, and basically, you know, if you've got a server sitting there which is historic, uh, running something, it might be a good idea to put it into a machine, uh, then put uh, the license on it, and buy software assurance because you're going to end up with the ability to have a backup server which you didn't have, the, which you were paying twice for, uh, having you know, active passive mode, lots of different things, and also having then the ability to uh, enable all of those functions such as 
HRSV motion and HA, whatever they may be, on that specific box without having to pay lots and lots of money on hardware. And while hardware is cheaper today, we do need to take into account that, uh, that impact uh, and the total cost of ownership of, of, of the software and the hardware combined. But also, one of the really important things is uh, isolation of, of, of software as well. So, for example, if I've got four data centers, I may want to specifically set only one of them as my SQL data center and then set one of my other ones as my Windows primary server for Active Directory. And I don't want to mix them together. Why is that? Because one of them may have, well, one of them may have more processes than the other. And if all of a sudden I set it up so I can move from data center one to data center two with SQL and mobility, my licensing rights could go through the roof based on the total amount of processes I'm not entitled for. So we need to make sure that if we've got a clear isolation of where our SQL servers live, uh, we know that there's no potential cost risk impact. It's so easy today to move a virtual machine from one physical virtual machine uh, host to another one, let alone allowing the software to automatically do it with things like vMotion. The, obviously, you know, you need to be able to report on these and have active reports to tell you where the servers have moved and how often they've moved because there's rules in Microsoft around the 90-day rule when you can and when you can't, uh, and you need to know if you're abiding by them, which is great. That's the licensing impact. But you do need to know when you should have those, those specific kits available. And that leads me to my second point is uh, where you should or shouldn't buy software assurance. I hear a lot of people talk to me and say, you know, how can I save money? And I turn around to them and say, well, when you buy SQL, buy it with software assurance. Why does that save me money? Because it costs me more to buy it with it. So, well, you get in more entitlement. You get entitled entitlement for, you know, a backup server in, in some certain circumstances. You get entitlement for mobility. Uh, people think that software assurance only gives them upgrade rights or downgrade rights or something crazy like that. Which, and that's it. Uh, you need to start applying the uh, extended usage rights that you get as part of your agreements to save money for future investment. Um, and, and, and I guess the final thing is actually uh, where you've bought Cal editions and processor editions, where you can maximize that. When you should go from Cal to processor and when you should, uh, use, when you should buy Cal and it makes sense. Uh, it's not a great choice all the time, but sometimes it is an accurate choice. So making the right decision for the right role, which goes back to, uh, to the previous statement before, it is pretty critical. I think tying all of that in t uh, together uh, gives you the best price opportunity for purchasing things in the data center today. So you, you guys uh, uh, obviously bring some technology to the table in, in this respect, so it would be good to hear what you guys offer in terms of Microsoft in the data center, and also I know this is a new frontier, and and you know we're just feeling our way in terms of data center. But it'd be good to to know what your views are in terms of managing AWS and uh, Azure and other uh, hybrids, because um, it's 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 moving away from installing an agent or or basic inventory, and it's a new frontier. And and I don't think it's uh, going to be the salvation that everyone thinks it will be. You know that cloud will be easier. My first experiences are that it's it's just as complicated, and the, and the cost can escalate very quickly. I've had a number of customers uh, and iTime review readers talking about Amazon costs actually recently. So what what's your views on that? Where do you think the sand market's going to go in terms of 
managing data centering and hybrid environments. That's open to anyone. I, I can open that from a, a snow point. Um, one of the things that's been really important to us is to get that visibility. So obviously you've got agent technologies to ensure that the, the versions and the additions that you're grabbing is accurate. So that's first and foremost. Obviously, um, Snow's agent grabs that perfectly. But it's also having the ability to uh, tap into things like vCenter, Hyper-V, Zen, and actually pull across the technologies and the features and the functions that they've actually got in place. So I mentioned earlier whether you can track HA, vMotion, disaster recovery, and whether they've been turned on. Now, all of that comes straight through our, our virtual management connector. And also on top of that, one of the main things is is to work out when data centers have moved, like I just told you a moment ago. When they move between boxes, how often they've done, and tracking all of that is critical. And actually, is you have to do that as part of an audit uh, for Microsoft. It's part of the submission. So even shorter than snow, that all of that is gathered. The final thing when we talk around um, gathering things from Amazon or Azure is being able to tap into the open APIs that are available. Uh, to, and, and also, if you can, plug into the uh, physical Oh, sorry, the virtual data centers to see what uh, what your sprawl is. Uh, and one of the key things is that that's what, that's what we're doing today, uh, to be able to get that visibility, uh, manage the transactional-based licensing that you may be in with that specific uh, host separate to the licensing impacts that are part of your standard Microsoft position. We've gathered all of that and being able to present that. And I think that's where the next generation of SAM is going. And I think it's uh, really important to gather that. So you, you uh, again, forgive my ignorance here, but uh, you you can't put, uh, at least uh, normally, you can't put an agent within an Amazon environment because it's not your environment. Um, Sometimes not, no. Um, so what what is that API bringing to you? Is it is it giving you enough? Is it giving you sufficient information to replace having an agent in Amazon, or what, what's that doing? Not always, no. Um, depends on the um, the API data speed, what you're getting it for. Sometimes you're just getting it for the transactional data for the license that you're paying with Amazon rather than the data that you're getting from the actual server tool. And you may need, just need to do um, representation of the server costs and also the total sprawl that it can go to, so how many processes and stuff that it can call, uh, and introducing caps with your service provider to make sure it doesn't go to a certain extent. It can get really complicated and quite pricey. I think it's about gathering the data first. and I, it's, it's one of the more complicated ones because it's not traditionally based on, let's say, licensing as per se because you're, you're licensed and just paying for it. So you're usually fitted with a bill rather than a compliance issue. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, Matthias, any points to add on that one? Not really. So the whole part of um, having several data sources um, is not new. So it's, it's, it was always necessary to, to feed um, several data sources into one centralized uh, SAM solution, um, especially when we're talking not only about data center Microsoft, but about the feedback picture. So um, that is absolutely and still will be true. Um, I believe that uh, in terms of uh, where the market is going, we will have a mixture of uh, private and public clouds, uh, whereas uh, the, the private clouds are behaving pretty similarly to, to what we see today. Maybe the devices don't belong to the customers themselves anymore. They are from, from some uh, outsources or uh, they are rented or 
However, the, the, the business model might look like. But then you still have the, the, the power over um, over the environment itself, and you can you can place something like an engine on top of that. If you have your device, if you have your your computing power hosted by the service provider, you can uh, have them um, or yeah commit to deliver the necessary data um, within the the outsourcing contract. Um, if it's something that is more or less like uh, Amazon Cloud and and uh, yeah similar um, similar services. Uh, which with a with a high portion of the dynamic, I would say, then uh, it's, it's necessary to approach the whole situation a little bit differently. So uh, you have the same situation already today. If you if you install an Oracle DB on an Amazon Cloud Server, and you usually need to have the um, necessary information on the so some uh, comprehensive public information about the underlying physical layer in order to, to calculate the effective uh, license demand, then uh, this is possible today to circumvent. Uh, yeah, um, by, by just uh, applying some special rules for the Amazon Cloud Services and so on. So there will be, I think, um, uh, situations where the whole data gathering process might uh, appear a little bit more complex in the first, but uh, later on, I think the market and some practical and best practice uh, approaches will also drive the manufacturers to, uh, to open up possibilities to really do that job and it's not going to be uh, impossible because uh, if a manufacturer makes it impossible to, to deliver that data then uh, he cannot really gather that uh, for himself in the case of an audit. So there will be some kind of way in the future to do that. And I guess um, it goes back to first principles of SAM which is if you can't measure it in some way then you shouldn't be signing the agreement. Yeah, if you can measure it you don't have to pay it, yeah. Um, Mandy, Sue, any points to add? Where, where do you think the market's going in terms of uh, SAM tools and ma managing the cloud? Well, I definitely think, I agree with both Liam and Matisse. I really think that you know, it needs to become something that's a little easier to do. Right now, you're pulling from the multiple data sources and you know, making sure that you have the correct data coming in. And some of the information can be a little convoluted in just the way that it's being collected. So I think that that needs to be simplified. I think that Microsoft is, is kind of gathering that from our perspective um, and are you know, going to look for ways to kind of help ease the solution. I did want to touch back on um, what Lee was saying about the whole software assurance piece. I definitely agree with that tenfold. Um, it's really hard for customers to see, you know, I'm going to spend more money that way. Um, but the benefits that you get from software assurance will go further. Um, and doing like license comparisons um, definitely will show that even if you look at like a six year spend on, you know, what they really have to purchase. I think that that's something that doesn't necessarily get driven home. Um, whether it's by a you know, reseller, sometimes Microsoft directly. Um, but I, I think that companies like us do a good job of, of stressing that. Okay. Yeah, I, think that's, I think it's right from, from my perspective. I feel that a lot of customers feel that uh, their resellers or, or whatever or Microsoft are trying to fleece them on this extra insurance policy uh, rather than reading the, the benefits. <laughs> Exactly. They're like, well, no, you just want to sell me more, sell me more, when in reality, you know, sometimes it's not selling them more, it's actually giving them a little bit of an advantage. Like the license mobility, that's a huge piece now. Um, our product, Use Rights Library, captures that data, 
So we're able to do that piece automatically. And, you know, customers really are looking for things like that because they don't know. They don't know how to track it, and they don't really have anything in place. Um, I see a lot of spreadsheets, and I think that scares me a little bit. Um, but I definitely think software assurance. I find it when we when we demo the, the products back and show them what uh, you know what, what the tool's doing and how it's working and how much money it's saving them based on these rights that they didn't even know they have, it starts to to awaken. Exactly. Thing. I think that's what the SAM tool industry is doing <laughs> as a benefit and yep. putting pressure on people like Microsoft to, to change it and make it easier to understand. <laughs> yep, I agree with you completely. Excellent. Okay. Um, final question for you. Um, let's let's assume that I've been doing so. so I've, I've been um, following your advice and getting all this information together, and I've reached a form of um, in, you know uh, ELP or, or license position where I, I've got my house in order in terms of Microsoft in the data center. How do I then manage things on an ongoing basis? Um, I mean, it, it's been said that the majority of cost. Um, and license risk is in the data center, and Microsoft is a big player there. So, is it just a case of keeping on top of change control to make sure there's no license changes that might be expensive? What What do I need to do to main things on an ongoing basis? If I could come to you first, Mandy Sue. I think we're probably all going to answer the question the same way and get a tool. You definitely need a tool um, to monitor this. I think it was Matisse um, that was talking about. Um, you know, optimization and making sure that that's not a one-time thing. He's, he's completely right. That's a weekly thing that a lot of customers um, look at. I definitely think, you know, investigating and making sure that you have the right tool for the right fit for your company. Um, but this can't be managed with spreadsheets anymore. I know we have some other companies that do this um, by a spreadsheet. There's a, a lot of manual um, data collecting. Um, you definitely have to stay on top of the product use rights, um, your optimization pieces. Are you really still collecting all the inventory? What's changed? What's being installed? I think by doing that, you'll, you'll continue. And this is not a one-time thing. This is a daily, uh, a daily task that can be monitored, you know, with weekly or monthly reporting. Yeah, absolutely. I believe it's also safe to say that uh, a lot of things can be automated if you are running a proper tool for that, and uh, that uh, even if uh, there are some 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 rare exceptions where you cannot apply a certain rule because there are some different I don't know some different things that have to be considered, um, you shouldn't be neglecting the possibility to automate at least 80, 90 percent of, of that work. So we used to, we we have a we have a customer that used to do that. There was actually uh, uh, two two people were doing um, kind of a uh, Windows and SQL optimization task uh, every quarter of a year. Uh, it took them about uh, six days. So together, it was 12 man mandates uh, per quarter um, doing optimization uh, calculations manually or manually and with uh, the world's, uh, yeah, I would say uh, widely uh, or most widely used um, BI and SAM tool Excel. So they, they actually uh, drew a lot of details from a lot of data sources, then they put everything in Excel and they did a lot of manual calculation with macros and so on, but still it took them like 12 days per quarter. And uh, if you do that with, with a SAM solution, with a, with a professional SAM solution, then you can have the solution do that for you. And that's also a very, very important uh, task because you're not only optimizing your license demand, you're also 
uh, freeing up some internal resources, knowledgeable resources usually, that can focus on other things. And maybe you can yeah, I think that's the, a good Yes, sir. I think that's a good point. One of the things that they don't, one of the things that a lot of companies don't consider when they're buying the tool or looking on how they need to manage it, they don't look at the employee resource. So we calculate that part in. What does it cost you now to manage those licenses? Like, what's this person, you know, rate of salary and well, how often, you know, what's the hours that they're working on this? And then they need to really add that in when you're looking at any tool, it really needs to be, that cost needs to be added in because that then becomes more of like a cost avoidance. You can go from the 12 days or, you know, however long it took to, you know, a half an hour to produce a report. Exactly. I think one of the, the, the cool things on top of all of this is that with any of the tools that you look at, I mean, like you said, we're all going to say a tool that's pretty obvious, but it, it doesn't just need to be able to automate this. It needs to be simple to use as well. And so that the customers can understand it and, and, and be able to read from it. There's a, a, a lot of stuff that's been out there in the industry, which is incredibly complex to deliver and manage. Uh, but Sam has moved on uh, from IT and technical people managing all the time, uh, and that it needs to be uh, available for a cross spectrum. I think Matthias already mentioned it, other people mentioned it. Who is our target audience today? It's not just IT people, we're talking procurement people, we're talking uh, even HR levels of logging in and accessing systems. So I think making sure that the tool that you've got is able to automate, is able to do it, is able to present it back, and is easily accessible from multiple people uh, from different parts of the business uh, that may not understand all of these rules um, and being able to display them and, and measure them accurately. But I think one of the other key points is that you mentioned there also is that it being able to put financial information into the system, because the amount of times I've gone to someone and said, hey, look, you're 400 copies short of video, and they go, so what? If you can go back to the business and say, look, you know, we're 350 grand's worth short on software, people start to pay attention when there's a, a monetary value, <laughs> uh, more so than they do when there's just, you know, a number of installs. So I think uh, I mentioned before, it's really important that that financial impact to your business be represented within the solution as well. Yeah, true. Well, I, I have one last remark on that. Um, I believe that um, if you are looking at um, at some situations with customers, if you're sometimes it might happen that uh, the people doing the job today manually uh, feel somehow threatened by um, the purchase of of a SAM solution because they think they are uh, being made obsolete and that they are risking their jobs. Truth is that usually those people have so deep knowledge about the entitlement side, about the technical side, about the structure and, and, and the, the organization of, of the whole company, um, that they're absolutely invaluable in, in what they are doing. And that the, the tool, the only thing that a tool can take away from them is, uh, I would say, the, the, the boring monkey work. So stuff that can, um, can actually uh, or has to be done repeatedly. And so those people, uh, those uh, very valuable uh, resources can, can focus on other and more complex uh, situations and tasks so that uh, in the very end you you take away the standards but you focus more on the complex things. In the very end, in the, in the long term run, you will um, you will become more accurate and more precise in what you're doing. And uh, I would say as long as uh, SAM is or SAM can never be a 100% accurate uh, science uh, because there, there are so many variables and so many different ways to do things. But in the very end, if you have people that 
that really have that in-depth knowledge, then um, it, it will benefit not only the company itself, but also uh, everybody in being involved with, with SAM, so also suppliers and the relation to manufacturers, even throughout orders and so on. So I think that's, that's a very, very important point as well. Is it interesting that you say that the, this, there's resistance from people doing day-to-day -day SAM? Because I... I my experience is that they're usually screaming for a SAM tool and they can't wait to get it in. Um, but I, I can understand this perspective, but it's usually other, it's like, usually like the other inventory incumbents are resistant. Like if the SCCM team are worried that this SAM tool is going to knock out SCCM, so they're defensive. Um, it's interesting that you might think I've that. Had mixture, I've had a mixture of both. I mean, you're definitely right, Martin, with the SCCM inventory people feeling that this solution is going to completely uh, eradicate that and, and it's one of the key things to make sure it's not it's about working together uh, with the solutions but uh, I, I find the same you know uh, maybe not that um, SAM is a general word there's not many companies that have a dedicated SAM person um, they may have a, an asset manager and sometimes they do worry that uh, you know this tool is going to come in and it's going to do half of their work for them and uh, they're not interested in it because they don't want to if it ain't broke don't fix it but what they don't realize is it, it is broke and it does need fixing um, so, yeah, I, I, I feel Mateus's uh, resistance is definitely valid, uh, and the fact that you need to treat a tool as a, it is a job enabler, not a job disabler. And as you said, it's, it's, a, it's a, like most things, it's about um, not replacing people, but uh, freeing them up to do more interesting stuff and more strategic SAM stuff. Exactly, it's, exactly right. I mean, how can and I think some of the resistance also that I've seen is now they're going to be exposed for what they've been doing wrong for a long period of time. Yeah. So I think that, that that sometimes comes up into play and you got to relieve those fears like, okay, so here's the baseline, let's move it forward. Um, so that you can get things under control instead of them continuously spiraling. Yeah, and I think that's about talking to the customer, explaining to them that they was no, were never going to be able to do it without a tool. Uh, you know, <laughs> building a house without bricks or something, you know, it's, it becomes hard. Uh, so, you know, it's it's something that you have to help them understand as part of a business justification that they was unable to do this without a solution. Now they have a solution, they can do this and more. Uh, and it's all about cost savings. And I think that's what the final point is. is it is about cost savings, uh, cost mitigation, uh, spending out wherever you want to spin it. It's not overspending and wasting money in the future. Perfect. So thank you very much for listening. Um, if you're interested in Microsoft licensing in the data center and the desktop, then please come along to some of our free events later this year. We have a Microsoft licensing workshop on the 17th of September in London, and then we travel to New York on the 21st of October to repeat that, uh, the Microsoft licensing workshop in New York as well. You can hear from um, experts such as those on the call. You can learn the very latest in Microsoft technology. Uh, get your questions answered and connect with your peers and pick the brains of your peers in the industry and they are both free events so please visit itsmanagement.net uh, to find out more um, before we finish I just ask our guest to say goodbye thank you very much for your time thank you Bye. thank you very much and until, until next time thanks for listening Bye.